Today, Tim Jordan is going to help us tune our BS meters when it comes to misinformation about Amazon out there. He's also going to help us with some ninja strategy about product sourcing in 2019 that includes things we haven't even thought about, like sourcing in Central America. How's it going, everybody? This is Bradley Sutton, and this is the Serious Sellers Podcast, and I have a kindred spirit with me today, Tim Jordan from Hickory Flats. Tim, how's it going? Good, good. I'm glad to be on here. I'm happy to have you on here because sometimes we really connect on some some things. You and I have a very similar opinions on things that we see out there, and I want to hop right in because you're similar as far as I go, as far as getting pissed off sometimes when you see gurus or software companies, marketers. All these people use their position, you know, whether it's their position in Facebook groups or whether it's their position as an influencer in the field, and they literally influence other people, but with things that could potentially harm them. So I wanted to talk, first of all, a little bit about that today. I know, you know, some things have, have pissed you off lately over the past year. And let's just talk you a little bit, me a little bit about these kind of things that really pisses off that we see out there. Yeah, well, I've got a big list. And uh, uh, actually, <laughs> how long do you have today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So last night I was actually talking to Manny about this, and Manny's like, Tim, you got to take it down a notch and let us get this recorded because this is good stuff. But um, yeah, and, and what's sad to me is the opportunities for e commerce. Well, the opportunities for entrepreneurship have never been greater than they are right now, ever in the history of the world. Thousands of years of commerce, and only the past 15 years have we been able to literally sell things to anybody anywhere with our cell phone, right? So mm -hmm. the opportunities are amazing and they're unprecedented. And there's so many good options for people, but there's also a lot of people being taken advantage of. And sometimes it's not malicious. Sometimes it's just naivety, but a lot of times it is malicious too, um, because there is such a demand for information and tools and tactics and opportunities. And I think that, you know, humans by nature are trusting and when you combine that with the fact that there are some really good marketers and there's some really good influencers that um, know how to speak a message, even if it's not 100% accurate, we wind up with this just rash of misinformation, which, you know, the misinformation doesn't bother me. But what really bothers me is when people are spending money, spending time and losing those things. They're losing their money. They're losing their time. They're getting discouraged. They're getting depressed. They're getting, uh, you know, all these terrible emotions, which shouldn't be related to entrepreneurship. You know, this should be like fun and exciting. It should be stressful, but it shouldn't be like some terrible, God awful feeling. And, and that's what's happening because of some of the bull crap that's floating around out there right now. Yeah. I mean, it's like, there's always going to be idiots out there and crazy people, but you know, they, they can uh, spew off whatever they want, but then like you said, like when it really affects me is like when I see people listening to it and making bad decisions because of it. I mean, we're, we're not going to eradicate stupidity in the world. That's going to be uh, around for a while, but I hate it when people use their position and then start influencing people and then they lose money. You know, it's just, it's just a bad thing. So what's some things that you've seen lately that you have on your mind? Yeah. So uh, I'll give you an example. I don't even know you were talking to Manny last night. So yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm curious. It's, it, it, it's constant. So, um, one of the things that I hate seeing right now is people following these bandwagons of, of like me too products. Right now, here's the thing I was, let me back up a second, a second. I was talking to an influencer once, and this person has a humongous community. They have a humongous coaching program. You know, they threw a big conference and I'm literally talking to this person in their house. And I said, dude, I think that some of your information is not accurate. I said, I think you're leading people astray. And he looked me dead in the eyes and he said, you know what, Tim, you're right. 
but oh my God. I can't sell right. He said, I have wow. to make it seem easier. Nobody buys it. He says, what if I throw up a webinar and a course and say, you know, hey guys, this is really tough and you're really going to have to work your butts off and you're really going to have to find a unique product opportunity. He said, nobody's going to buy my course. He said, but if I get up and say, hey, look at all these people that did it and look how easy it is. It's like you click three buttons and become a millionaire. He said, that's how I sell courses. And I want to punch this guy in the freaking mouth. I'm like, you freaking kidding me? I know that you took on like, you sold like 2000 courses over the past three, you know, three months and you're doing it knowing that it's not good information. And mm. man, it infuriated me. And right now I see so many people that are falling into that. I went on a, um, and I see it not just courses, but with, but with software, I see software tools that, that, you know, preach that it's easy and maybe the methods worked five years ago, but they don't want to come back and say, Hey guys, this, this changed. And let me talk specifically about you guys in helium 10. You know, I remember a year ago, the CPR method was stuff, man you know, the yeah. whole algorithm for giveaways and everything. And I was like, holy crap, Helium 10 is blowing up because they're selling so much stuff and the method works and it's, it's, it's great. And then I remember when they changed the algorithm and it stopped working as well. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first thing that happened is I sat back and I said, let's see who changes their tone. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of software companies that didn't change it, but you guys started to change it. I remember Manny getting on Facebook posts and saying, hey guys, it's still working sometimes. It's not quite as effective. We're watching it. We're adjusting. We're changing. We're changing. We're keeping track of it. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap, finally someone does this. But the problem is the people that are selling that same method and attaching their tools to it are essentially writing information that's three years old and they're still selling. So why would they stop their revenue? So instead of challenging themselves and saying, hey, I'm going to figure out a better way to make it work, what they're doing is saying, Hey, we're just going to keep riding this as long as we can. And, uh, yeah. it, it, it infuriates me because if someone's going to have a bad business tactic like that, that's one thing. But the problem is I see people that are suffering for it. I see people that are hating their nine to five jobs that, that they're struggling to make their house payment. Like, like their wife needs a new car and they need to have a car payment. And they're like, I just need $500 extra a month. That's all I need. Like like we're suffering here. This is all I need. I've got $2,000 in the bank and what a blessing I have to be able to spend this $2,000 on my first private label product, you know, because that's what this software said or this YouTube video, or this course said, and now I'm getting to be able to like buy my wife a new car or like make my house payment on time and it doesn't work. And yeah. I'm like, gosh, you freaking pieces of crap are out there spewing this, just this, these lies and these just deceitful information that's causing people to make decisions with their money that affects their livelihood. Like you can't play with this. You can't screw around with people's emotions because it screws you out of their lives. And I can't yeah. tell you how much I see this. Like we used to have a prep center, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Up until about six minutes ago, I had that. And we used to do a lot of international shipping. And I saw- Did you say and, up until about six minutes ago? Six months ago, six months ago. Okay. I was like, <laughs> so, well, uh, okay. Yeah, so this isn't something like I see in Facebook groups. Guys, I, I saw this, like people were getting shipping quotes yeah. and they're like, hey, I got a container, I got a container, I got a container. I'm like, what's in it? They're like hooded baby towels. And I'm like, what the crap? Like that was two years ago. What are you doing? And I can't really mm-hmm. say that. They're just going to piss them off and hurt their feelings. But like people are doing the same thing constantly, constantly, constantly. And I see them spending the money and I see them get frustrated because four months later, five months later, they're calling me back and going, Tim dude, I got to liquidate this stuff. Like it's been sitting long-term storage. I can't sell it. I don't know what I did. Everything. I did everything that that tool told me to do. And I did everything the YouTube video told me to do. And I'm sitting on $10,000 worth of stuff and I've missed two house payments and I'll, I'll let it go for half. And like it, like I want to cry about it because it infuriates yeah. me so much. Oh yeah. Cause I see people suffering. Yeah. It, it's a shame. I mean, the, one, I mean, we're making progress, you know, I think because I remember there's a couple courses out there that actually, I don't know if it was the FTC or somebody came down and find them a whole bunch of money or they're in jail or something where now I think people are thinking a little bit more before, you know, promising get 
rich quick schemes. And it was specifically an Amazon course. I, I have never talked to those people. I don't even remember their name. I hadn't even heard of them before I read this article. It's like in CNN or something. But yeah, now I, I see people being a little bit more cautious with what they say. But at the same time, there's still 90% of the people who've been saying nonsense, you know, they, they keep doing it. And like you said, people are actually suffering. You know, we don't, we don't read, you know, too much about that stuff. We just hear the, the glitz and the glory, but we don't hear the stories like that about people missing house payments because of, you know, making bad decisions. But that's the, that's the consequences of bad information out there and people just trying to make a buck at the expense of the common individual like, like us. And it's a sad thing. And let me back up a little bit because I got fired up. We're not even like eight minutes into this thing and I'm already hacked off. I will say that not everything is malicious. Okay. There's Mm -hmm. people out there that have put out great content that is not applicable anymore and they're not bad people. They're not trying to cheat anybody, but their personal experience is what they're speaking from. And what I mean Mm -hmm. is, you know, four or five years ago, you could buy anything off Alibaba and sell the crap out of it. It was easy. Yep. And there are a lot of people that made a ton of money, like their screenshots are legit. Their bank account statements were legit. They're sitting on $2 million profit from doing things a certain way. So they're actually trying to do, you know, the right thing and help people. Hey, you can buy my $300 or $400 course. I'm going to teach you how I did it. They're not necessarily malicious, but they're not doing it anymore. And things have changed. So I do want to take a step back and, you know, I don't want to call out everybody and and call everybody a liar and, you know, some malicious piece of crap, but keep, keep this in mind, folks, when you're listening to information is the Amazon world changes like every six months, every four months, sometimes like I know people that have been in it, you know, for like eight years. And I tell them like in Amazon years, they're 90 years old, like because things (laughs) are moving so fast. It's like dog years. Right. So, so do keep this in mind. If you see somebody's bank account statement, you see their seller account statement, you see their, even like their A costs on their PPC, like there's PPC uh, gurus out there that are like, hey, you know, $1,000 a month, I'll set up your PPC, check mine out. And their A cost is 0.6%, you know, on a, on a, you know, highly ranked item. Well, that happens when, you know, you've been selling that thing for four years. So just keep in mind that information needs to be consistently updated, constant. It needs to be, um, you know, very, very applicable to today. And if you're not engaging in information from people that are in the front line selling products, they're not going to know that. And that's another thing that pisses mm-hmm. me off is these guys that quit selling products. I know people in, in really high up positions in the industry, like in organizations and coaching systems that literally have not sold a product in three years. Yeah. And man, that fires me up because there's no way they can learn. That's why like at Hickory Flats, literally half of our business is selling products, if not more. Like we launched over 40 products in Q4 last year. Like that was insanity. Like we were, nobody was sleeping. It was crazy, but by God, we know exactly what works and what doesn't, you know, based like month to month. That's so important. I mean, even myself, when I started work, you know, I stopped doing Amazon consulting, you know, started to work here at Helium 10 full time. I was worried. I was like, oh man, you know, things on Amazon are changing so much. You know, I got to figure out a way to stay in the game. So I, you know, I connected with a lot of, you know, my former partners. I'm like, Hey, uh, let me use your account. Sometimes I need to run tests. You know, I need to do giveaways. So like even just giveaways alone, I'm constantly doing like at least 10 a month, just getting people's accounts and, and helping them out with it. But the, the double purpose is because things are changing so much. Now, at least I have some visibility because if you're not keeping up to date with what's going on in Amazon seller central, especially with, with PPC. Oh my God, how much PPC has changed in the last few months. I mean, your information is stale. So speaking of PPC, what I mean, this is completely changing gears and we'll get back to our pet peeves in a little bit. But with all these changes in PPC, how has Hickory Flats changed your strategy? Like, are you guys using product targeting? 
Are you guys using a dynamic bidding? What are you guys doing different in 2019? So I'll be honest with you. I can't answer that question really well. Um, the reason is there are things I'm really good at and things that there's actually better people than me at. And we actually have members of our team now. I have some partners. One of them is Kate Ames. If you guys want to see some amazing, um, amazing PPC training free on YouTube, check out Kate Ames. She's a boss. So right now, here's here's the answer is we test everything constantly. Like every day we have two or three people in our PPC accounts changing it. And let me back up and also say this. On our operations side, we have like three entirely different PPC plans. Okay. We have test plan, we have launch plan, we have uh, like operations plan. And everything that we do is different in those. So for instance, I know that like dynamic targeting, we're going to do that a lot in the launch phase, in the operations phase, but in the test phase, we don't use it whatsoever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we even use it for negative keyword research or, or like, you know, where we can target ASINs, like competitors ASINs. We'll even use that across the board for all three, but for different reasons. So for instance let's say on our PPC test plan, we want to find out how many people are searching for wooden sword. All right. Wo- toy wooden sword, whatever. That's what's laying on my desk right here. Um, toy wooden sword. We'll actually find like the number one listing of toy wooden sword. And we find, we might find out it's a Harry Potter sword. Okay. Or a Dungeons and Dragons or Game of Thrones sword. So when we run our test PPC, which really all we're looking for is impressions and cost per click to check, you know, how competitive each keyword is. We'll actually run like, the ASIN specific targeting on like the three top listings that are coming up to find out how many impressions are specifically coming because someone selected Dungeons or Dragons, Harry Potter or Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? So then we can find out, Hey, if we're getting impressions for wooden sword, we find out that like based on the number of clicks, we can run an algorithm and say, yeah, wooden sword has a lot of searches, but to be honest with you, 90% of the people are clicking on the ads because of the three name brands. So even though there's a lot of impressions, we don't want to run with this. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're on the other side, you know, like if we're in full blown operations, that's usually when things are kind of like kind of on autopilot a little bit, we're not going to be as aggressive as we would in the launch phase. So in launch phase, we're willing to pay a dollar a click to start hammering against some of our competitors. And then we want to jack that thing down over the next three months and let it kind of ride in the operations phase. So um, to be honest, I'm not in there uh, every day on an operations side. I'm more like the tactical PPC guy, but I can tell you that we're in there every day in that it changes constantly, even among the categories, the niches, things like that. And we are in um, three specific categories of the types of PPC that we do. I like that. There's two things I got from this, and I hope our listeners take note of this. Uh, The first thing is, don't be a jack of all trades, master of none. Do you you guys notice, you know, Tim has a big operation, and it wouldn't make sense that he is the main PPC expert. And a lot of people think that the same about me. They're like, oh, Bradley has a lot of experience on Amazon. He knows a lot about keywords and stuff. And so they'll always ask me PPC questions. And I'll be straight up like, guys, when I was a consultant, that wasn't my thing. You know, it was mainly the launch it was mainly listing optimization. You know, we had other guys do PPC. So once you start scaling your business, guys, don't try to just keep your hands in everything because there's no way you're going to be able to become an expert in everything and do it at a high level. Build your team out and have specialists work on certain aspects of the business while you still at least know a little bit what's going on. It's not like Tim is completely clueless as far as what his team is doing on PPC. And then here, the second thing I got from this is that, that's a cool strategy. That's just a, a three-phase strategy um, for your PPC. I hadn't heard of that before. So that's something that we might consider too. So that's pretty cool. Let's see, going back. Now let's go back to the pet piece. Too much touchy-feely, nice stuff right now. We got to get back to the mean, <laughs> the mean side of things here. One thing, 
false of just straight up like false advertising. Like how do people know? Like, for example, there's people out there who they do these things where it's like false scarcity, you know, like, oh, you know, use this coupon now because it's going to go away. And then like, it's going to go away at midnight. And then two weeks later, you know, my buddy Leron is always calling people out for that kind of stuff. But, but then at the same, or, or like, Hey, you know, the webinar is filling up, you know, and really the room is empty. Like, but the thing is like, you know, for Helium 10, we do webinars a lot and, and, you know, we'll, we'll say something like, Hey, it's about to fill up with a thousand people, but that's completely honest because like one time I remember one of the last webinars that Manny did, I think it was for the Helium 10 Elite launch. It was actually not 1,000, but 2,000 people. And then I was on a call at the time, so I couldn't hop on at the beginning, but I still want to hear, you know, whenever Kevin and, and Manny get together, I always, of course, like to hear it. So I just hopped on the user side, going to try and connect the webinar and hear me as a Helium 10 employee. I got locked out because the room was full. So like, but then at the same time, you have another person saying the same thing and it's complete BS. Like, what are some indicators? How does your BS meter work? So how can people sift through who's the the, the good ones and, and the bad ones out there? Man, that's tough. Um, ooh, that's, that's a lot of questions there. So mm-hmm. my, my BS meter is pretty highly tuned. Like I, I can get those spidey senses, but even I get duped sometimes. You know, I've had people that have invited me onto a webinar or a, a podcast and, you know, it's supposed to be this and this and it wasn't. So, so I'll say this, if, if any of you have been duped, like, and you've bought something thinking it was going to be awesome, or you followed a guy because you thought they were such and such. Don't take that too personally. All right. Like, don't beat yourself up. We're all humans. We all screw up. I've been taken advantage of plenty of times in my life and it'll happen again, plenty of times, you know, coming up my life. But here's what I would say is make sure that you're not repeating the same mistakes. So learn, you know, from your mistakes, but here's, here's the short answer of what I would always say to do is measure twice, cut once. Okay. My grandpa always said that if you cut the board too short, you know, you can't fix it. So measure twice, cut once. So what I mean is if you're interested in figuring out how to do Facebook ads for Amazon products, don't just look at one person, like look at six or seven people, like measure all of them in and figure out what works best for you. And there's not always an answer like, which is the best one, because some people have different learning styles and some people, you know, are going to resonate with you. But, um, go out and, and get a good sampling and just kind of use your gut instinct. Um, I will say that there's enough people in this industry that are authentic and, you know, I'm a very hypercritical guy to myself. Like I've got this weird thing, like, uh, we're going to Vegas next week. I know we're going to be hanging out Bradley and like all these people are messaging me want to hang out and it makes me feel uncomfortable. Like, holy crap, why do all these people want to hang out with me? You know? So, so I'm kind of hypercritical, but I, I am very authentic. I do know that. Like, that's one of the things about me. And I know that people are attracted to authenticity. And I'm attracted to authenticity. So figure out in your spidey senses, not like what someone's screenshot shows, but figure out like, do you feel like they're authentic? So classic example, guys, I, I think that we have some of the best produced YouTube footage ever. Like we have epically well done YouTube videos and we put our YouTube channel up nine months ago. And as of this morning, I think we had 670 subscribers. Like that sucks, right? That's terrible, but it's still really good information. And same thing, like with our Facebook group and our Facebook pages, very, very low numbers, but our engagement rate is nearly 50%. So what I would say is when you're out looking at these guys, don't look at the guys with big numbers, like look at the guys that are authentic, because if someone comes in and is like, oh, our webinar room is filling up fast and, and it's not like, there's not any comments, like kind of lock that in the way of the back of your brain. Like, eh, if this guy's going to lie about this, like, is he going to lie about something else? The scarcity thing, you know, don't, don't immediately jump in and buy a program or a, a coaching course or anything like that. Um, 
a uh, what's the word a um, a course. Yeah, don't immediately buy a course. Mm-hmm. You know, wait and see. Like, see if that that little you know thing keeps coming. You know, man. You know, maybe they're just good marketers because that does work in marketing. But like, do I want to trust these guys? So look for the authentic guys. And I'll say this: don't believe the numbers that you see because guys, there's some horse crap going on. I just there, there's a really big influence in the industry. I won't mention his name. Who's getting his lunch ate right now? And I don't, I don't even think he realizes it. And he had one of his lead employees leave there recently. And um, this employee, you know, came to me and apologized. Said, "Tim, you know, I was in this organization. I have to apologize because this influencer screwed you royally. You know, literally taking, you know, information from your website, like copy and pasting text from your website to build out his own services to try to replicate yours, and they sucked. But he was." you know, stealing customers. And I'll tell you this about him. He goes, he, he has this army of VAs that go on Reddit and search for other people asking questions about like Amazon FBA courses and trashes theirs and then pumps his up. These aren't affiliate sellers. These are literally full-time VAs that all they do is trash other people and pump them up. And you can't make any connection between them. She said, but I've seen their paychecks. Like they get paid for this. So, um, there's also some, some influencers out there that do some crazy stuff like you know, they're stealing people from other people's groups. You know, they'll send spies into Facebook groups and they'll private message everybody. Hey, join this group, join this group, join this group. So when you're looking at things, you're like, oh crap, this guy blew up from, you know, no group to a hundred thousand people in his group in 12 months. He must really know his stuff. Like just take that with a grain of salt. Cause there's ways to manipulate that. So don't look at size. Don't follow the bandwagon. Don't look at these audience growth, like look for authenticity. I would rather follow, you know, follow somebody or be in a group with a lot smaller numbers, but higher engagement rate and like more authentic people. Um, and just keep in mind that if they've screwed you once, they're probably going to screw you again. Yeah. Uh, I think that's great advice and switching to like, you know, the tool, the tool space, it's similar, you know, see who's transparent and who's not like, you know, helium 10, you know, obviously I work here, so I know, you know, what, you know, we're doing and what we're not doing. And, you know, we're very upfront with our things. We don't have, you know, a lot of proprietary algorithms or hidden calculations and stuff. You know, we've got estimated search volume, you know, that's, that's something that's estimated, you know, but we, we say what it's based on. It's based on all the historical information that Amazon had for a while, based on recent trends, et cetera, you know, but then we don't have like a lot of these, you know, made up scores or things like that. You know, we've got the, the magnet IQ score, but it's like you mouse over it and literally says exactly what it's calculated right there. Even the CPR formula, like that's a pretty complex formula. The entire formula as is in Microsoft Excel is actually, you know, out there on the internet right now. It's not like we try and hide it. So guys, when you hear tools, just trying to hide behind different things, like say, oh yeah, this is from Amazon. I mean, I, I talked about it in the latest webinar. You could do anything and say it's from Amazon. I mean, I could say that Cerebro is from Amazon because it's technically checking where somebody is ranking on a search result. So that's technically from Amazon. And maybe I'm not lying, but what, what good is that? But when, when you hear people try and market certain unknown metrics and they say it's from Amazon, you know, that's how you use your BS meter. If you're on Facebook, you know, call them out. Leron does that all the time. And I, I, I love it. I mean, Leron has no chill. I mean, he's, he'll just go. They'll just go and call people out as it is. But guys, make sure that your BS meter is on because for, mo- for most people out there, it's not, you know, they, they see somebody has X number of followers, you know, like, like Tim saying, oh, this guy's from a group who has a hundred thousand followers. So, so he must know what he's talking about. And, and that's just a big mistake. You guys are setting yourself up. What about just on, that's kind of like the macro level, but the micro level, what kind of things do you see? misinformation where people might not necessarily have a hidden agenda. You know, a lot of this stuff we've been talking about, 
is because of the hidden agenda of they're trying to make money. You know, they're, they're trying to make a buck. You know, they're trying to take advantage of people. But at the same time, I personally see a lot of misinformation where they don't have ulterior motives. They're just misguided and they're just spreading it. Like my example is for the last year, that's actually how I got discovered at, at Helium 10 is, is everybody for like years keeps saying, oh, giveaways, you know, don't work. Or, you know, you get penalty. You can get suspended if you do a giveaway. I'm like, oh my God. But, you know, those people don't have hidden agendas. It's just because they've heard of what, what kind of things do you see on the micro level like that, where it just pisses you off when, when you see people talk about it? The, the biggest one that I see is the way to search um, or to select products. Like on a micro level, this is one of my biggest pet peeves. And let me say this. We as entrepreneurs are extremely hypercritical. Like I told you, you know, about myself, like I, I beat myself up all the time. And that's not uncommon for entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs have a higher rate of like anxiety than almost every other profession in the world because we connect like our personal success to our business success. So if our business fails, we're failures. Like we do that and it's a fallacy. We shouldn't be doing that. But because we as humans and especially as entrepreneurs doubt ourselves, we a lot of times are very timid to jump in water that we're not familiar with. Okay. So let me explain what I mean. If I am sitting on $5,000 that I want to invest and I've watched all these courses on Amazon products and someone is telling me that, Hey, you know, four people are selling 3000 of these hooded baby blankets a month right now. And they're making a good profit on it. It's very mm -hmm. easy for me to say, okay, they've tested the waters. They've already jumped off this cliff and they know how deep it is. So like, imagine this, you're standing on this cliff and you're 50 feet up <clears throat> and there's water underneath you and the water is dark. You can't tell if it's six inches deep or if it's 500 feet deep. And by not doing that depth, it's scary to jump in because you may, you may die. If it's six inches deep, you're going to crush yourself, right? Or it may be deep mm -hmm. and warm and you're fine. So what we do is we look and go, oh gosh, those guys have already tested the waters on the hooded baby towels. Surely I can do it too. So I'll get a smaller piece of the pie, but if I can come in there at spot number five or six, and then we hear these things that encourage us like, oh, if my pictures are better, I can compete. Oh, if I just do more giveaways, I can compete. Like, like now I'm getting more confident because somebody else has tested the waters. And I see people make this mistake all the time. They follow the me too product trends. They follow what other people are doing and they're basing their decisions on somebody else's success. And if you're going to get behind them in that gravy train, you're going to be the freaking caboose, right? So mm -hmm. like what we teach as far as identifying products is we consistently launch products that are not on Amazon. Like we're using offsite places. We're using Pinterest and Etsy and Crate Joy and subscription boxes. And we like, we take groups of entrepreneurs several times a year to China and to Central America. And we teach them how to find products that are not on Amazon yet. And we teach them to source those products. And a lot of times they're scared. They're like, oh my gosh, Tim, I'm holding this product that I found. It's handmade leather in Central America. And it's amazing, but it's not on Amazon. And I'm like, holy crap, that's awesome. Let's go to Helium 10. Is there search volume for this specific item? Like, can we reverse engineer what something else is doing? Have something unique? And it's scary. Like, it's scary to launch your first thing on Amazon when nobody else has proven that it can be sold. Now we use data and we have metrics. We have reasonable, you know, belief that it's going to sell, but it's scary. So not even malicious, but this is one of my pet peeves is people don't trust themselves. Like people aren't confident enough in their own spidey senses, their own intuition, their own ability to sell a product and market it and write great listings and take good photos and to launch it correctly. So what they do is they back down and they decide, okay, the next product that I'm going to select to launch is something that somebody has already tested the waters. Cause I don't know if that water is six inches deep or 50 feet deep, but I ain't going to be the first to jump off the cliff and find out. And I see that as one of the most consistent 
and costing, you know, and most expensive mistakes that people are making right now. But guys, the information is there. Like you don't have to follow somebody else's listing. There's plenty of search volume and testing and test buy five of something and test it with PPC and see if it works and be the first Mm -hmm. one to launch on Amazon. Yeah, I like it. We only have a couple minutes left here. So actually you touched on something I wanted to touch on or two things there. Tell us in a couple minutes, a little bit about sourcing in Central America, because before you said that statement about two minutes ago, I doubt many people have ever heard the phrase sourcing in Central America. Yeah. I mean, they either think China or maybe India, you know, maybe Pakistan yeah. or, or Indonesia, but Central America, how do you source in Central America? Yeah. So what was happening was I was struggling with private label at first. I was buying the same bull crap products. Everybody else was, you know, emergency car hammers and like all this bull crap. And now we eventually figured out how to do it in China. And like in three weeks, I'm taking, I think 25 people to China and we're going to, we're going to do it. So I'm not saying China doesn't work, but what I also started looking at was away from Amazon, because let me challenge you guys, stop being Amazon sellers. Okay. I'm going to make that really quick, but this is my point. Don't be an Amazon seller, be a product seller that uses Amazon as a platform. Okay. So when I got that into my head, I started thinking, holy crap, we don't have to follow the same quote unquote, Amazon FBA sourcing, you know, thing to Alibaba to China and all that stuff. So I started looking at what other companies are doing and I'm looking at inexpensive items that sell for a lot of money. And I found Tom shoes, Tom shoes, T O M S. It's a $1 pair of canvas shoes, but they sell for $60 a piece. And Bradley, why do they sell for $60 a piece? I don't know. Because of the story. If you go to Tom's- Oh, those are those ones where you like, they, they, they donate part of it listen, to like a charity or something, Listen, you just proved right? my point. You didn't even know the name of the brand, but you know their story. <laughs> yeah, okay. Now All I right? So about. here's okay. what they do is they say, if we buy a pair, we give a pair. So if you buy this dollar pair of shoes for 60, we'll give a pair to a third world country in Africa or Haiti or Central America or something like that. Dude, it went bananas. People started going ballistic over it. All right? And what we figured out, like as I'm watching this, is I realized that they hit on the secret- to turning their sales funnel into a megaphone. Okay. So the sales funnel is we throw PPC ads and all this stuff at people and we try to filter them down to click buy now on our button. But when you have such Mm -hmm. a cool product that it creates a hero out of the consumer, the consumer will literally flip that funnel into a microphone and broadcast out for you and it's free advertising. So now we've got these people that are wearing Tom's shoes and they're proud of them. Hey man, I got a new pair of Tom's shoes. I got 12 pairs. I'm helping people. Awesome. They don't have to go out and blow their stuff up on Instagram because somebody's doing it for them. So that's piece one. Piece two that we figured out was you can reverse engineer. So the first product that I wanted to source elsewhere, I'm looking all over Amazon and page one of this highly, you know, this huge search term is like covered up in ceramic and stainless steel and plastic items. And I'm like, what the crap? This is ugly. My wife wouldn't even want this in the house. What if we made out of wood? And I can, I can go later into the story of how all this stuff started in Central America, but, but basically uh, like my personal story down there, but I was like, Hey, let's find a producer to make this out of wood and handmade and beautiful. And like the plastic ones from China, three bucks. And I can source these handmade, beautiful wood for three bucks from Central America. I don't have to worry about the trade war. I don't have to worry about duties because of the North American free trade agreement. And what happened is I brought this in instead of competing on a $12 item all over page one, we listed ours for $29.99 and we took some really good photos. And we told a little bit of the story, handmade, fair wage, fair trade, all that good stuff. And guess what? No giveaways, new coupon, no coupon codes. Like a month and a half later, we looked back and went, holy crap, we're on page one. Like let's order 2000 more units. And right now we probably have 30 SKUs that are made in Central America. And what's really, really powerful is one, we can be the highest priced item because people are buying it as an impulse buy or a gift purchase or something like that. Two, we have the data. Guys, you can reverse engineer. You can look at what's selling all over page one in a different material and, and read the reviews and buy a freaking sample of it and say, Hey, this fake leather, I, you know, iPad sleeve is selling like crazy, but they're all 13 bucks. Let's sell a $50 one and buy that 
Come down to Central America with us. We'll take you to Artisans. You can meet with them. We can make them out of the nicest vegetable tanned leather organic you've ever seen. And now you've got a $60 item. Are you going to sell 3,000 units a month? Probably not because you're more expensive. What if you sell 500? Most of you listening would love a new SKU that you sold 500 of, of a month at $60 and it only cost you 10. Like that's ridiculous, right? Now, the third thing that's important is you can quit being an Amazon seller and you can step off of Amazon. We have products that consistently, like I'll go over and hashtag one of our brand names on uh, search hashtags on Instagram and go, holy crap, we had like 40 people hashtag our stuff in the past 10 days and we didn't ask them to because we're turning the people at the bottom of our funnel into the speakers of our microphone, right? So now like Bespoke Post, one of the biggest subscription boxes in the country, consistently buys products from us and puts them in the subscription boxes. Guys, you want to get off Amazon, this is the way to do it. Get a nicer product, get a story. Like I have people interview me for our brand and are like, um, I don't I don't give them, I let somebody else in our team do it actually, they don't interview me. Um, but we've done some articles and stuff that that I remain anonymous so you guys couldn't track down the stuff that we've reverse engineered, still our ideas. But, um, but basically they're like, hey, tell us the story of your brand, not your products, just tell us the story of like your brand and what you're doing with the communities and, you know, how this is such a, you know, a unique item and then people go buy our products. So, you know, we do sourcing trips and we do these, these mastermind retreats down in Central America. You can check them out on our page, hickoryflats.com. But here's what I would suggest to you. Quit thinking inside the box, you know, start finding, heck, it could be a freaking flea market in the U S with some hillbilly sitting on a flipped over five gallon bucket and his overalls making something. <laughs> and he's got the coolest freaking product ever. And it's like, Holy crap. I didn't know that exists. Like, like just start thinking outside the box and sourcing different ideas elsewhere because there's a million products out there. But if we stick ourselves in the, we're an Amazon seller box and we're consistently seeking Alibaba, China, Alibaba, China, Alibaba, China. When it's a big freaking world out there, there's a lot of opportunities with a lot of products that aren't on Amazon. There's a lot of products that help you get off of Amazon too. I love it. I mean, there's some, there's some gold in there, guys. If they want to find out more, you said hickoryflats.com. Any other places they can find you yeah, and hit, get a hold of you? Hickory-flats.com. We've got a small Facebook group um, and page. It's called Private Label Legion. We're pretty hardcore, specifically uh, like a lot of product development type stuff. So so um, check that out. So just go to Facebook, hit Private Label Legion, like the page, follow the group. You can check us out on YouTube. You can find it just by searching Tim Jordan or Private Label Legion. Law pop up. Uh, help out their YouTube guys. They don't have enough subscribers on there. Come on, yeah, they man, hit hook 1, us up. We've been doing nine months slaving away, and we got six hundred and seventy subscribers. Um, subscribe. <laughs> We're doing YouTube releases about two or three videos a week right now. Like we just doubled down on a bunch of equipment. We got a full, t I mean, we're blowing this stuff out and it's free information for you guys. So YouTube, Private Label Legion, Facebook group, check it, uh, check us out in there. It's small group, but it's got like a massive engagement rate because we're serious about what we do. We kick all the bull crap out. And, uh, you know, like I said, nice. we take what we do seriously. All right. Last question of the day, favorite Helium 10 tool and why that your team uses? Man, it's hard to say, but I'd say Cerebro and or Magnet because you can't use them separately. Yeah. You can't use them separately. So, yep. so yep. all we do is like, um, you know, we check it I, I, now. I, in fact, we use them so together. I can't even remember magnets, the search volume and Cerebro is the reverse ASIN, right? Correct. Um, so magnet, what we'll do is we'll, we'll find something in central America. We'll find something on Pinterest or Etsy. We'll hit it with magnet and then see what the search volume is. And then we go to the top, um, the top ranking items under those some keywords on Amazon and then reverse ASIM. So I literally have two screens pulled up at all times. We're doing research and we have magnet pulled up on one and Cerebro on the other and Amazon in my middle screen and bounce those things back and forth. So Cerebro and magnet guys, you got to use it to find unique product opportunities um, that's the only way you're going to survive. It's the only way you're going to grow. And it's the only way you're going to get like an eight time multiple for your business when you go to sell it is you're going to have something unique that nobody else has. 
That's great. All right. Thank you very much, Tim. And thank you for coming on the show. We're definitely going to have you back and I will see you in Vegas.